Welcome, welcome to this edition of the Redheaded Preacher podcast for October 10th, 2021. I happen to be the Redheaded Preacher of St. Peter's United Church of Christ. My name is Richard, Richard Lanford. St. Peter's UCC in Skokie, Illinois is an open and affirming congregation. And this Sunday, the 21st, I'm following the lectionary, and there are two readings that will be read by Carolyn Van Til. She was recently our lector, and she is again today. They will be readings from Amos 5 and the letter to the Hebrews, chapter 4. The sermon is called, Amos, Do We Hear Your Voice? And I'll explain that uh, at the beginning of the sermon, why I chose that title. Before going further, let us uh, end our introduction together with a word of prayer, and then we'll move on to listening to Carolyn. Let us pray. Breathe on us, breath of God. Breathe on us, breath of God. Breathe on us, breath of God, and fill us with life anew. Bless this time that we set aside for listening as we perhaps do other things. May what we hear strike a chord and inspire us to continue to be your faithful people. In the name of Jesus Christ, the head of the church, we pray. Amen. Our first of two readings is from the book of the prophet Amos. During the long and peaceful reign of Jeroboam II in the 700 BC, Israel attained a height of territorial, territorial expansion and national prosperity never again reached. The security and affluence of the age were taken by many Israelites as a sign of the Lord's favor, which they felt they deserved because of their extravagant support of the official shrines. Into this scene stepped the prophet Amos, sometime in the middle of the century, called by God to the difficult position of preaching harsh words in a smooth season. The reading is Amos chapter 5, verses 6 and 7, and then 10 through 15. Seek the Lord and live, for he will break out against the house of Joseph like fire, and will devour Bethel and no one to quench it. Ah, you that turn justice to wormwood and bring righteousness to the ground. They hate the one who reproves in the, gra- reproves in the gate, and they abhor the one who seeks the truth. Therefore, because you trample on the poor and take from them levies of grain, you have built houses of hewn stone, but you shall not live in them. You have planted pleasant vineyards, but you shall not drink their wine. For I know how many are your transgressions, and how great are your sins. You who afflict the righteous, who take a bribe and push aside the needy in the gate. Therefore the prudent will keep silent in such a time, for it is an evil time. Seek good and not evil, that you may live. And so the Lord, the God of hosts, will be with you, just as you have said, hate evil and love good, and establish justice in the gate. It may be that the Lord, the God of hosts, will be gracious to the remnant of Joseph. This ends the reading from Amos. Our next and final reading is from the letter to the Hebrews, chapter 4, verses 12 through 16. Indeed, the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing until it divides soul from spirit, joints from marrow. It is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. 
and before him no creature is hidden, but all are naked and laid bare to the eyes of the one to whom we must render an account. Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heaven. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who in every respect has been tested as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore approach the throne of grace with boldness, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Here ends the reading of the epistle and our scriptures for this morning's service. May God follow us as we think about these words during the rest of the service, and perhaps later today or tonight. For these are the words of the God of life for the life of the people of God. We also pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Around 30 years ago, one of my musically gifted seminary classmates was asked to serve as the musical leader for the United Church of Christ Midwest Regional Senior High Youth Event. He composed a number of songs as theme songs for that week. His name is Brian Sergio. Once into that project, he realized more could be done with that, what he had. The songs could be an interesting confirmation and youth resource. And he wrote some more songs to complete that. And out of that came a CD which I have used for years and years, both in Sunday school chapel and in confirmation classes. One of those songs is... Amos, I hear your voice. He sings about how he likes to be liked and make people laugh with his songs, but also knows that as a called preacher of the gospel, and he is an ordained pastor in the UCC, he also has to bring harder messages that are part of God's call for righteousness and justice. He claims in the song that his music is all noise, unless he sings, unless I cry for justice, like Amos. Amos, I hear your voice. Amos, indeed, is the prophet who gave us the famous verse, Take away from me the noise of your songs, but let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. Now that is not what Carolyn read for us this morning, but guess what? The passage she read is from the same chapter, chapter 5. And yes, Amos is calling for justice to be done as the Lord's own self demands it. Amos is quite tough in his invitation to his listeners. It is an invitation accompanied with a positive consequence from God. Seek the Lord and live. Those whom he speaks to need that invitation before it is too late, for they are not on a path to life to knowing God by following God's laws, but rather on the path to judgment. 
Most, if not all, of us remember the mortgage crisis of 14 years or so ago, which sent us into what is called the Great Recession. It wasn't the only thing, but it was a big part of it. My brother-in-law and his partner were caught up in that and lost their Nebraska home. If you remember, many mortgage lenders got loans from people, got loans, excuse me, for people, who normally could not afford one, but with an ARM arrangement, adjustable rate mortgage, with a lower monthly payment to begin, followed a few years later on with a larger balloon payment, that was more marketable to people who couldn't afford what was a going you know, fixed rate. The idea was that when the adjustable rate mortgage was about to start to balloon, that the consumer would then apply to refinance at a lower rate than the balloon was going to present. But that handful of years later, with the bonus and profit of those first years of interest pocketed by the lenders, the lenders or whoever owned the loans by then refused to refinance. This is called predatory lending. Folks who could not afford such mortgages should perhaps not have even been appealed to, but they were all the same by predators. Well, that was my brother-in-law's and his partner's situation. So they had to pay the high ARM amount, which they could not afford. They ended up almost on the street. But the profit from the first years of interest payments was made at his and Eric's expense. That's just one family unit. Speaking simply, because it was more complex, hundreds of thousands such loans were robo-signed, so many persons got similarly shafted often with no affordable attorneys for legal recourse or mediation. Making money by ripping off poor people and then leaving them legally high and dry. Taking advantage of the disadvantage, the working poor, while profiting off of it, did not only happen back then, or in the early years of the Industrial Revolution, or before workers' rights, but even in Amos's day. Predators exist in every generation who do not seek the Lord in the least. Amos called them out and was hated by them as a result. They hate the one who reproves in the gate, and they abhor the one who speaks the truth. Therefore, because you trample on the poor and take from them their levies of grain, you have built houses of hewn stone, but you shall not live in them for I know how many are your transgressions and how great are your sins. You who afflict the righteous, who take a bribe and push aside the needy in the gate, for it is an evil time. A time that cried out for justice, which those evil had turned into wormwood. That's early in the passage. And Wormwood not only is a reference, you know, which they wouldn't have in Amos' time of C.S. Lewis and the Screwtape Letters, but Wormwood is an exceedingly bitter-tasting plant who turned justice into Wormwood. Well, when I was the pastor of St. Nicola United Church of Christ in Chicago, I helped start or was an early member of the Logan Square Ministerial Association, which often worked with the Logan Square Neighborhood Association in trying to get people in the community to be treated fairly. Others and I, for example, went to one courtroom downtown. I don't think it was in Skokie because living in where I lived, like Skokie was almost like way out in the boonies. But 
we went to this one courtroom again and again following this one case of this slumlord who wasn't doing anything. We went again and again hoping the judge would finally penalize this slumlord who defiantly kept his properties very dilapidated but collecting rent. It was angering, continuance after continuance after continuance, and you start to wonder if money is changing hands. As Amos mentions those who take a bribe, the landlord would assuredly land in Amos's category of those who push aside the needy at the gate, and I don't know, but maybe that judge was among those who bring righteousness to the ground. I couldn't believe what was going on. Well, not many years after that, singer-songwriter Nancy Griffith wrote and recorded a song invoking her era's bad spirits as she experienced them. The song is called A Time of Inconvenience. I probably know better than to sing part of it, but I'm going to give it a shot. We're living in a time of inconvenience. Compassion fails me with this meanness in the air. City streets are filled with violence. So we close our doors to the city and pretend that it's not there. We're living in the age of communication, where the only voices heard have money in their hands, where greed has become a sophistication. And if you ain't got money, you ain't got nothing in this land. But here I am, one lonely woman in these mean streets, where the right to life man has become my enemy, cause I'm living in the time of inconvenience, at an inconvenient time. This is a time of greed and power, where everyone needs to have someone to push around. Our children come to us for answers, listening for freedom, but they don't know the sound. And here they are, our children, dumped out in these mean streets. The evil sweeps them up and brings them to their knees Cause we're living in a time of inconvenience That was written in 1993 But to me, her words and Amos's seem closer in time to that So the cruel people, especially those who twist justice Because they have exploited the poor or marginalized Including drug lords far, far away are headed for God's judgment. They're not treating people, particularly the powerless, as God has historically treated the poor and told his people to treat the poor. They defy Torah and its teachings of fairness, consideration for others, and even love for the neighbor. Yet God says through Amos, seek the Lord and live. Later he said, seek good, and not evil, and so the Lord will be with you. Hate evil and love good and establish justice in the gate. It may be that the Lord will be gracious to the remnant of Joseph. Three times Amos, or God through Amos, beckons these selfish, arrogant, law-breaking tramplers of the poor. God still wants them to return and change their way. Three times Amos holds out hope for life, a survival possible if Israel will seek the right object who is not an object, the Lord God. Actually, 
God wants to change more than their ways. Amos, do we hear your voice? It seems that they, those who are singled out by Amos, have never responded to God's word as they may have once heard it in temple or in their home or at Hebrew school. And we heard today in the other reading that the word of God is active and living, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing until it divides soul from spirit, joints from marrow. It is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. One commentator said of this, like a physical sword, the word of God pierces to the inner part of a person. His point in listing these four terms, soul, spirit, joints, marrow, his point in listing these four terms is to capture poetically the ability of God's word to get into the inner nature of humanity, the heart. Someone else writing about Amos's passage where the afflictors of the righteous are told to do good said this, these general Hebrew terms, good, evil, refer to the whole range of moral and spiritual possibilities. But here, good is down to specific, is pinned down to specific acts of justice in the gate, i.e. fair dealings in the law court. That's kind of what the gate was in those times. It was where you know, judgments were just handed down and discussed. But, quoting again, but it must go deeper. It must be the inner motivation of life. God's people must not simply do good acts and refrain from evil ones. They must hate evil and love good, quoting Amos. Only by such transformation of inner character will it be possible in the coming judgment by God's grace. A remnant will be left, end quote. Are we putting this together? Both Amos and the letter to the Hebrews are indicating that seeking the Lord or seeking the Lord through exposure to God's sharp, heart-seeing words means some transformation inside which makes it possible for cold hearts to be warmed, possibly for old pain that is working itself out in cruelty to others can be transformed as well. Make, it makes it possible for those who hate the poor, to see them as God sees them, with care and love. The word changes us to go and love good, hate evil, and try to establish justice in the gate, in a court of law, or a legislature, or a congregation, or a neighborhood. It reminds me of when I was in seminary as a chaplain at Trenton State Prison, I ran into so much of what I, what I thought of as radical evil, and not just in the inmates. I figured that only the radical good of the gospel could be the lasting solution. You've got a radical good going on at Trenton State Prison, so it needs the radical good for this to be changed. Uh, inner transformations, which lived out, can do their best to bring about external transformations of abusive, intolerant, oppressive, fearful, unjust, hateful, and bigoted persons, powerful organizations, and systems. 
I remember reading in the book Resident Aliens by Will Williman and Stanley Horowitz that they wrote, if we wanted, for example, when we invaded Iraq, if we wanted to truly invade Iraq as a Christian nation, we should have blanketed the nation with missionaries and prayed for the conversion of Saddam Hussein. That might sound silly or even dumb, but I, and I understand. But faced still with some forms of pretty steep wickedness and godlessness behind it, we admit we cannot control it. It's not isolated evil or injustice. It's bigger than isolated. Amos, Amos, do we hear your voice? What are you saying? You cried out for justice and for the antagonist to seek the Lord and be internally changed by those oh-so-sharp, two-edged sword words of the word. But really, can, what can we do for the poor trampled down, the righteous defendants or plaintiffs, perhaps bribed out of justice or suffer continuance after continuance unto eternity? I have some suggestions with which I will close. One, if you believe individuals can be changed by God and they can live better lives inside and out that reflect God's values of compassion and justice and joy and integrity, let us pray for them who need this change. Let us pray for that effective word to get into them, and not, not that it doesn't need also to get into us, but to get into them also, changing their insides to the point where they change what they do and how they treat their former victims and why. Pray for our enemies. We've heard that before from our, from our Jesus Christ. Pray for our enemies that they might, as Amos desired, seek the Lord and live. Seek good and not evil and establish justice in the gates. That's one. Do we pray for those who we think are unprayforable? Two, check our ego. Is it God's will or our human wishes and will we're praying for and lobbying for? Remember my charge, act with faith. Believe with humility. It's not about us. Three, do not wait for them to be changed and establish justice in the gate, but let us take part and show the way under Christ Jesus. Jesus is not just about justice, but also salvation, mercy, resurrection, and grace. There are groups and churches that are already organized to practice and promote justice and accountability on earth. It's a call to learn and act from what we've learned and from what we have inside. To do what we can about fairness, not only equality but also equity. To redeem the suffering of those pushed down for racist, sexist, homophobic, greedy, or ageist agendas. Do justice, as Micah said, love kindness. Don't wait for someone else to start establishing justice in the gate. And four, see if God is calling you to be a prophet in the likes of Amos. Someone needs to warn these so far unrepentant predatory lenders 
unethical politicians, drug kingpins near and far, pharmaceutical honchos like Mylan CEO had their brush in 2019 when their EpiPen cost soared out of affordability, and white supremacists and others who bring righteousness to the ground. But they are not going to end up in a good place unless they let God's word into them and through them while time remains. See if God is calling you to be a prophet. Don't wait for others to establish justice in the gate and be changed. Check our ego and pray for those who seem to fit the description of Amos' appeal. Amen. Hey, thanks again for listening to the Redheaded Preacher podcast, and especially for this edition for October 10th, 2021. I hope you found meaning in it, and I hope you'll tune in next week. And until then, may God bless your week. Amen. Bye.